Tonight's subject <coughs> is his causation imaginal. I say that it is. I firmly believe that imaginal creates reality. And it is my hope that before we close on the 26th of May, that everyone here will be able to share with me some perfectly wonderful case history. That all can testify to the greatest power of imagining. That the all will be mutually encouraged by each other's faith. I know it can be done. But let us now tonight lay the foundation for our claims. The claims are extravagant, but I assure you they are true. The matter original was a speaker. They were always so. I found them in the greatest book in the world, in the Bible. But the ultimate source of phenomena, of all sorts, is one with the magic that is active in you and me. That imagination was, is, and always will be the primary source of everything that comes into our life. There aren't two sources, there aren't two causes, there aren't two gods. So when you speak of the Lord in the scripture, the other person thinks in terms of some external being. Can't quite visualize it, but something external to himself. So let us turn now to the book. Did you say he was in the beginning with God? All things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. Here the evangelist John declares, that all things without exception were made by him who from all eternity was with God. For who is God then? Because God is the source, and we speak now of a person in the third person by him. What is this person? Who is it? If I tell you the God is your own wonderful human imagination. And God in action is simply imagining. In the scripture it is called Christ. If you study it carefully, Christ is defined for us in Paul's first letter to the Corinthians as the power and the wisdom of God. So God in action is called Christ. Imagination in action is imagining. That is Christ, if you want to use the word. But now we will go back to the great book of Isaiah. It is said in the 53rd chapter, which is called by all scholars the great messianic chapter, where one suffers forever. And we are told that the Lord placed upon him the iniquities of us all. The Lord placed upon him, what 
there seems to be another. All your iniquities. If you stop there, you think in terms of what the church tells you. That some being 2,000 years ago to the fine self, our sins, our iniquities, our mischief, our wickedness, and there he expiates them in his body. But now you mustn't stop there. Let us read the book carefully. We are told that he has no form that we should look upon him. No form that we should look upon him. And no beauty that we should desire him. And let us turn over from the 53rd chapter to the 64th chapter. And you listen to him carefully. There is none, there is no one that calls upon thy name and bestows himself to take hold of thee. Thou hidest thy face from us and delivers us into the hand of our iniquity. Now the iniquities were placed upon him. Now we tell in the same book, Thou delivered us into thy hand. Our iniquities delivered upon us. Now, listen to this carefully. Yet, O Lord, Thou art our Father. We are the clay. And Thou art our potter. We are all the work of thy hand. Now the word translated Lord is I am. Yes, Lord, thou art our Father. The word is I am. Father is my source, my begetter, my creator. The word translated Father, thou art our Potter. The word translated Potter means imagination. So I am has no form. It's first to assume that it is man to have form. But I am in itself has no form. So the point to say, if thou humblest thyself, thou humblest me. Thou too dwellest in eternity. Thou art a man. God is no more. Thy own humanity, learn to adore, is no more. You are a man, God is no more. God is man. So the man is I am. But he becomes personified. And the personification of I am is man. If I say, I am rich, I am poor, I mean I am a rich man. I am a poor man. I don't mean a rich worm or a poor worm. I mean I am a rich man or I am a poor man. Let me now leave off for one moment imagining myself to be poor. And where do you suppose that I, the poor man, would be? Where do you suppose I would be a poor man if I left off for one moment imagining that I am poor? It would vanish and leave no trace behind it. If I dared to leave off imagining that I am limited. 
there is a soothing by imagining, by dreaming itself limited, it would simply cease to be. I am can cease to be, and I am man can cease to be. But every claim that I make for myself as man will cease to be if I stop imagining it. And so here, yes, thou art. I was pardon, O Lord. Thou art our partner. And partner, thou art my imagination. For I am saying that I am is the Father, and these are my imagination. That's what that chapter is telling me. It's the 64th chapter, the 7th and 8th verses of the book of Isaiah. He said, I am the Lord, this is the Lover. I form light, I create darkness. I make real, and create wealth. I, the Lord, do all these things. There is no other power in the world to do anything but. But what an indictment. There is no one that calls upon thy name. No one bestirs himself to take hold of thee. What an indictment. And now we're told, why do you hide your face? And then he tells us. In the 31st chapter of the book of Deuteronomy, why he hides his face from our wickedness. And he does it because we have turned to other gods. The only reason in the world that he hides his face from man is because man turns to other gods. If man would not turn to another god, I'm trust only the one god, which is I am. There is nothing impossible to him, but nothing. The minute he turns to another God and rationalizes anything, but then he turns on the only God and he brings upon himself strange things and all the wickedness of the world. If I dare to assume that this building is mine, it's now found by the club. The club has hundreds and hundreds of members, and so it belongs to the members, it's the club. But without consulting the members, if I would not rationalize it, try to scheme to get it, if I so desired this building, and I dare to assume that it is mine, just as though I would say the tie is mine, I'm not willing to think to make it so, or to rationalize it, or to in any way influence anyone in the class to become a spokesman for me, just as it is mine, and sleep in the assumption that it is so. In a way, I do not know, without hurt to anyone, that all want to get rid of the club and buy some other place. And it will not be a hurt to any member. No one will be hurt, and all will be mutually benefited. And I will get the club. If I so desire it. God forbid. But nevertheless, that's how the law works. Now let me tell you a story. I want you all to really take it seriously and love the story. You can write them this week if you really will apply it. You first must accept the fact there's only one God, and that one God is not outside. He is your own wonderful human imagination. When you say, I have no form, but then I am man, he has a form. That God. God of a man, God is no more. 
be a letter which I have received last Thursday night. He is here tonight, he and his wife and a friend. He did not tell me that the telephone cab form, but I'm going to tell him. It's a very lovely thing. No one but the gentleman, his wife and his friend, know who they are. But it's a wonderful story, and you should hear it. So I live in the hills above Sunset Strip. Twenty feet behind my place, my property, is cleared, and then a straight cliff of thirty feet of decomposed granite. It was cut when my home was built. And behind that, rising, say, two hundred feet, is a sheer cliff, covered in brush, for above my home stands behind and above another home. That home was built afterwards. Two years ago, 